Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited to be able to share this interview that Katie conducted with Lindsay from Treehouse Schoolhouse. If you are a homeschooling mother or father, I think you're going to find so much insightful tactics and habits. What, what am I saying? Come on, Elisha, say the words. I think you're going to find so many helpful tactics and strategies for how you can improve your homeschooling game in, in your own home. Again, Lindsay talks parenting, she talks homeschooling, she talks home management. So there's a bunch to glean from this episode. I know that Katie came away from this interview being pumped about homeschooling. I'm going to read you a little bit about Lindsay, and then you'll, of course, be able to hear more about her in today's episode. Lindsay is a homeschool mom of four and the founder of Treehouse Schoolhouse. Before motherhood, Lindsay had a career in children's ministry and special needs education. Her home education centers around living books and ideas, hands-on learning, nature exploration, and biblical discipleship. She shares experiences and home education inspiration through her Instagram and blog, as well as creates curriculum and resources for families around the world. Her most popular curriculum titles are An Expected Easter, and sorry, I'm going to say that again. Her most popular curriculum titles are are An Expectant Easter, A Connected Christmas, and Treehouse Nature Study. So you got to go look up those titles after today's interview. Before I send it over to Katie and to Lindsay, I do want to let you know that we are so grateful to each and every one of you that have taken the time and put forth the effort to leave a rating or a review on iTunes. That is what helps get our podcast to more listeners. It grows our audience so that we're able to continue doing this more, and we love doing this. So thank you for doing that. If you're somebody that watches us on YouTube, if you're able to like or comment or subscribe, that helps our podcast reach more people as well. So thank you for doing that. Folks, enjoy today's episode. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. Hey, Lindsay. Thank you so much for getting on the podcast with me today. I'm excited to talk to you about some of my favorite things, which are rhythms and routines and learning from other women who are further along or just have more figured out straight up. So anyways, I'm excited to learn from you today, and I know our listeners are too. For those who aren't familiar with you already, can you kind of introduce yourself and explain kind of how life looks for you right now and what you're currently involved in? Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Lindsay from Treehouse Schoolhouse. Um, I have four kids, ages three, four, eight, and 10. And my husband and I are both entrepreneurs. Um, my business is Treehouse Schoolhouse. So we have a blog and I create homeschool curriculum. Um, we also homeschool and we are building a house. So uh, my husband is the general contractor for the house and I'm basically helping with all of the design work. So we have a lot going on in our lives. And so I really love this topic because I feel like um, it's not something that's a burden. It actually frees you up to do the things that you are called to do and do the things that you love doing with a little more intentionality. That's great. I love how you put that because I think so often, well, there's two different kinds of people. Some people hear rhythms and routines and think, okay, I need more of that in my life. And some people are like, that's going to make me feel so restricted and confined. And I want to have this more free style or free spirited way of living. Um, but those rhythms and routines can open up seasons to be more uh, free spirited because you aren't so burdened by all the stuff that you have to do. So I love how you pointed that out. Um, what are your some of your favorite rhythms and routines right now in this season of life? 
So a couple of my favorites right now are we have worked really hard to get to a place where both my husband and I can prioritize fitness. And it's not something, it's something that he's really maintained our whole marriage, but it's been harder for me with babies up all night and, you know, exhaustion and all of that. And so it's been something that's been a priority for us to work towards. So we have figured out in one of the benefits of being entrepreneurs is that we can really create our own schedules within reason. And so one of the things we've done is pushed my husband's work time back a little bit where he doesn't need to start until about 8 a.m. so that we can both fit in fitness in the morning. And so right now we've been taking turns where he's going um, at 5 a.m. and because he's he likes to get up even earlier than I do and I'm an early person. And by the time he gets home, then I can go and get my workout in and One way that we've made that work is that he has been willing to take on a lot of the morning responsibilities with the kids. I'm with the kids the majority of the day. And so um, over breakfast, he will make breakfast and then he sits down with them at breakfast and it goes over like our Bible lesson. And that's just an area that we've said, this is an area that he can take on and take ownership of where I can go get some self-care and go work out. And by the time I get back, I'm ready to like go full force into our homeschool lesson. So that's been a really good rhythm for our mental health um, and just our physical health. And then I'm also loving in the summer, we had we decided to sit down and think like, what are some intentional things we want to do with the kids this summer that we can just add into our weekly rhythm? So one of those things was to go through some like biblical sexuality uh, lessons with our big kids. And so um, every Monday night in the summer, it's been a rhythm. This is more of a weekly rhythm where we have sat down and done like a devotional Bible study um, specifically on this topic of biblical sexuality um, every Monday night. And we've had the little kids watching a certain show that they only get to watch on Monday night. So we've been doing that. And then on Wednesday nights, we've been watching The Chosen as a family. So just some like little rhythms like that, that you can even change within each season. And it just keeps things fresh and exciting, um, but also keeps everybody kind of knowing what to expect in our week. Oh, I love that so much. Do you guys have a like curriculum you're going through for the biblical sexuality thing? Or are you and your husband just kind of like coming up with different resources, reading straight from the Bible? You know, how are you kind of doing that? I know we're going to get questions about that. Yeah, that's fine. Um, We can put the link in the show notes too. I have a blog post that I kind of have a roundup of all the resources that we've been using, but we've been primarily using, I don't know the author off the top of my head. Um, It's called The Talk and it's like seven lessons. And it goes, if if, if your kids are really ready for the full talk, because this goes into really, really in depth about the entire topic. Um, So it's been funny because my husband and I are taking turns and I've been strategically giving him the lessons that are more awkward. to teach, but it's been really great. And it's opened up a lot of good conversation. And then, yeah, we've, it also has like scripture and prayer points. Um, and I also took a course, um, by Bert from birds and bees, which was really excellent in preparing my husband and I ahead of time before we did this whole lesson, um, that really prepared our hearts and kind of like got on the same page with the direction we're going at this time with our kids and the vocabulary we decided to use and all of that stuff. So I recommend both of those and I can give you links to those. Perfect. Yeah, we'll put them in the show notes in the description box because I know that people are looking for resources. I know we're looking for resources for this too. And sometimes it's helpful to have a path kind of laid out before you. Because like you said, there's it's just a big topic, you know, so what do you choose to share when? And so it could be helpful to kind of take information away from something already there than trying to recreate the wheel completely on your own. Um, Okay, so you mentioned seasonal rhythms. Can you kind of give a little bit more, 
like talk a little bit more in depth about seasonal rhythms that you guys have had um, in spring, summer, we're heading into fall, you know, what, what do some of those look like? So these are some of my favorites because I feel like they are like anchors to my kids' like childhood. And some of these I kind of pulled from, you know, they're just like the common ones that you would expect. Like in the fall, we're going to always go to the apple orchard. We're going to go to the pumpkin patch. But it's really fun because as a homeschooling family, I've integrated our home education into this. And um, that's kind of like what birthed our first curriculum that I developed is Treehouse Nature Study. And it's a seasonal nature study curriculum. So every fall, you're going to revisit these topics of changing leaves and of apples and of pumpkins and of corn. And you're going to go into a deep dive, like with science into those things, along with some of those field trips or some of those art pieces that you're studying, because it's a Charlotte Mason classical education type of vibe. So you're studying art, you're singing songs, you're doing handcrafts and all of these things that you're going to revisit every time you hit autumn. And so it's creating these core memories with your kids that they're never going to forget. And so after like three years, I've even said like, well, why don't we try something else this year? And it's like, no, we have to do this. We have to do that. And I think it's just really important for like a family culture um, to create these traditions, to create these memories. And I think that seasons are just a really easy anchor to do that around with books, with certain recipes, with certain outings. There are so many things that can kind of go back to those um, seasonal themes. So that's just one way that I like to kind of map out our year and what are the things we're going to keep revisiting and revisiting. How fun that they could picture themselves at different ages too, going through some of the same things or visiting the same places. It's funny, it just, we had a random cold spell the last two days here. And my son came to me yesterday and was like, hey, I want to get back out my knitting. You know, it just like reminded him like, oh, I haven't touched this since last winter. But it, I feel like it was kind of that he felt the change in the weather and was like, oh, I remember I enjoyed this last year. And so kids do love looking forward to that. I mean, I do too. And it gives structure for planning curriculum and stuff like that too. So again, you aren't recreating the wheel every single season. Yeah. And like trying to hit some of those traditions that you love anyway, but integrating them into your home education. So it's like two birds with one stone, you know? Yeah, exactly. Why not? Um, Okay. So what intentional, I'm reading here, but I wanted to make sure we got this question. What intentional daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly rhythms have you created for your family? What are some of those? Sure. I sort of feel like that's a huge question, so I can kind of break it down. But I'm a big proponent of like daily rhythms um, in every season, and they, they are always shifting. And I feel like I needed someone to tell me that a long time ago when I started this journey of motherhood, and especially in homeschooling, that the the success is not that you make a rhythm and then it stays for like a year. That's actually not probably successful. The success is that you're constantly, um, you know, researching and figuring out and like reading your children and reading your home life and your own health and deciding like what rhythms do I need to change so that um, we're all getting everything that we need as best as we can. And so that's what rhythms really do for us. And um, I specifically have two children that really, really thrive on routine and rhythm. And they love like a visual schedule. And so we do that daily where we have visual cards and we put them up every morning and we say, okay, first we're going to do this, then we're going to do that. And even my non-readers, they know what the pictures mean. So it helps them go through the day. Okay, it's now it's snack time. Now it's this. And it eliminates a lot of questions. Um And a lot of meltdowns when we're changing, like, oh, well, you already knew this. Okay, we'll look at the picture. What's next? So in a daily rhythm, 
our weekday schedule pretty much looks the same Monday through Thursday. Um, Fridays, we completely go off the grid and do our nature homeschooling group. So after we do our morning routine, we switch to our outside the rest of the day routine. But Monday through um, Thursday, I'm not going to go into all the details, but it's basically a morning routine that includes the Bible with my husband. Um, They have an hour of morning routine responsibilities with a visual list. So they know to go through that. And they're very independent because we've been doing this so long. So what it's actually doing also is freeing you up to have having to follow them around and make sure they're on track because they get used to it. Um, And then we do morning time, which is basically homeschooling all of us at the same time. So we do something that includes the little ones all the way up to the older children. And then we do our independent work. So the big kids are doing stuff alone while I'm working with the little kids. Um, And then my big kids and I sit down and do kind of the more intense work. Um, In the afternoons, we have a nanny that comes for a few hours. And so she does certain routines with them as well. They do audiobooks, they do handcrafts, they have outside time, prep dinner together, and then we have our nighttime routines. So it sounds like a lot, but it actually, we also weave in free play and those margins because those are just as important they're just more scheduled in so that we all get what we need and we're not just running around trying to accomplish all of these things. Nice. So that's a I think that covered like daily and then weekly like they yeah. said like we have our Friday rhythm of going to our group, we have our Sunday going to church rhythm. We usually have someone over for dinner over the weekend. So we're not like so exact on every single day, but I feel like it's expected like the kids know, okay, this is what we do on this night, this is what we do on Monday morning. Um so those are weekly I feel like there isn't anything really specifically for monthly um, and then yearly. I feel like it goes back to those seasonal rhythms that just kind of keep us going. We also homeschool year round, um, taking breaks when we feel we need, because I feel like that does help keep those rhythms going rather than this long break of, oh, no, now what do we do for two months, three months where there's absolutely no rhythm? I definitely couldn't. Hey, you guys, I just wanted to tell you real quick about my homeschooling course, Homeschooling the First Three Years. It's all about laying a foundation of joy and confidence and fun and simplified homeschool in your home. So if you're in a place where maybe you're considering homeschooling your kiddos in the next few years, then this course is for you. It's going to break down not only what we do for homeschool and our family and what we've done for the first three years in homeschool, but it's also going to show you exactly how that looks. So I'm going to take a camera around with me vlog style and show you how does it look to homeschool with a baby? How does it look to homeschool with a toddler? How does it look to homeschool multiple grades at one time? How do you navigate um, different learning tendencies? How do you navigate your learning style as a teacher? And how do you motivate children and get them to love learning? I love homeschooling my kids. One of my favorite things that I get to do with them each day. And it's something that I want you to love doing with your children as well well. So if you look down in the description box, you will be able to find a discount code where you can get a discount off of homeschool the first three years. And I really hope that it blesses your home. Yeah, I know. We we keep doing a couple subjects through the summer because I'm just like, otherwise I have to come up with something else to do during that time. It's right. like kind of nice to just be like, no, we're just going to do the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, mix in a couple things that are obviously specific to summer but, and have a lighter load. But right. it, it can help to not just go totally free. Okay, now come up with what you're going to do for all the hours of the day. You know, that's really daunting for a mom yeah. uh, and, and a kid. Yeah, absolutely. 
for sure. Um, okay, so why, I think you kind of touched on this, um, but could you go more into depth on why rhythms and routines versus just winging it? Well, personally for me, it's, I am, I like to be efficient. I like to be very intentional with my life. And so I like to work backwards and say like, what are the goals for this child? Or what are the goals for a family? Or what are the goals for a weekday? Like whatever that looks like. And then working backwards from there and saying, okay, what are the practical steps to actually hitting that goal? Well, it's going to require, you know, three mornings where I go to the gym because I have this physical health goal or whatever that is. And then looking at your life and scheduling those things into your life. And the reason it doesn't feel like a burden to me is because I'm in control of it. You know, between my husband and I, we sit down and say, what do we want for our family? And then what are the steps that we can take to get there? And so it's like any goal, a financial goal, a physical goal, you have to work backward. Um, So for me, it makes me feel good that Every day I'm going, okay, we did a little thing here that's contributing to a very big goal. Maybe it's a life skill. I want my kids to learn how to clean up after themselves. So every day we're going to have a time in our day that's scheduled where they're practicing this skill. And I know it's not just today. It's like contributing to this goal. So that's a big thing. And then for me personally, it gives me more peace. I feel like when just kind of mentioned, if it's a whole day or a whole week of we don't have a routine and the kids are kind of looking at you like, what do we do next? Or there's more fighting or there's more messes and there's no plan for how we're going to clean up those messes. There's no plan for how we're going to transition to the next thing or even what's for dinner. Like that makes me personally feel really out of control. And when I feel out of control, I'm not as peaceful. I can't sit down and rest. I'm not, it's not easy for me to calm down and just be present with my children because I know the mess is going to be taken care of when we have after dinner chores, for example. And so it just helps me have more peace. Um, and then I feel like for my children, it gives them more peace as well, where they they know what to expect. And so people might say, wow, how do you get your kids to be involved in cooking? Or how do you get your kids to clean up after themselves? How do you get your kids to do that much school? Well, it's just because it's what we do and it's not a shock to them. And it's not all of a sudden you're saying, oh, we're not playing all day today. I actually feel like doing a lot of school. So we're doing a lot of school. It's like, no, this is what we do every day. This is the rhythm in which our day is. And there's really not not a lot of pushback because they're used to it. There's visual support. Um, And so all of that creates a more peaceful home, in my opinion. And I'm curious, did you have these from like the moment your kids were young? Um, Did they come when you started homeschooling? You know, how has that kind of looked for you? How's it kind of like evolved over the years? Yeah, I feel like before um, they were like preschool age, I personally had like a rhythm that I would even type out for myself and nobody saw but me. And I like put it on the side of my fridge that was like, okay, I'm going to spend an hour reading, um, you know, and then I'm going to get a walk in and then we're going to go on a play date and then this is what's for dinner. And so I kind of started kind of getting used to this idea of like, I didn't work. And so it's like every day is a blank canvas and every day feels like a Saturday, but my husband's not here and it just felt so big. And so I felt like I felt more peace if I had a rhythm for myself with a baby even. Um, So then as they got into being like three and four, I started thinking about what goals I had for them. I wanted them to have like four hours a day outside. I wanted to read them like a load of books, like an hour a day, just sitting and reading, you know, whatever those things were. And I would kind of put, sprinkle those into our rhythm. So it would look a lot like, you know, breakfast, 
read with mom an hour outside. And literally that's the rhythm. And then like lunch and another book. So it it wasn't as many things, but I definitely still kind of carried that rhythm. And I think I introduced like visual cues for the kids when they were probably like four, three or four, um, because they loved it. They loved to see it. They loved to take them off the board whenever, you know, we we're done with them. Um, and so since then, it's just sort of been a part of our life. And it's been something that I feel like when we don't do it, everybody's asking like, well, what's next or what do I do? Or, you know, the support's been really helpful for them. So yeah, pretty much since they were little. Yeah. So you kind of, you were, you naturally were kind of this person. You realized you needed the support and the structure for yourself first, and then added your children's activities into that, uh, kind of that flow that you already had going, which I could relate to, too, as far as like, I always had to like my own schedule and my own to-do list. Yeah even before my kids. And that makes it easier when you add in your kid's schedule, especially with homeschooling. But what would you say for someone who say they haven't had experience with any of this, creating any routines or any flows throughout their day? They have kids that are your age and kind of feel like everything's chaos. Where do they start in creating a rhythm or routine to kind of free them up? Yeah, I think it starts with you. I think it starts, like I mentioned, your goals, your intentions, because yours could be very different than mine. Even if you're not a homeschooling family, like whatever, whatever season of life you're in, honestly, you don't even have children at home anymore. Like whatever season that you're in, I feel like you can start with your goals, your intentions for yourself. um, And then look at how many hours you have in a day and make sure that you also kind of schedule in rhythms of rest. Um, rhythms of nothing. Like this is my, this is my block where I don't work. I actually intentionally do not work. I, especially if you have like a home-based business, that can be a really important thing. And so in this block, I want to read. And these are some things I would pick from. Um, And so starting at the goals and then working backwards into the details. And then if you, if you feel like, you know, you're a mom and you're trying to put this into your family, you're going to have to start slow because they're not used to it (laughs) and you don't want them to push back. You want this to be something that they feel is fun and they feel is enjoyable. That's why we like the visual cues or sometimes we do incentives. Like we were kind of in a weird uh, doing chores. We weren't doing really well over the summer. Things were getting really chaotic. And so I just said, okay, we're going to try a new system. So I printed like a new chore chart that looked different that had morning and evening chores with new visuals that everybody thought was really fun. And it's just so simple with a, you know, trinket kind of treasure chest thing. Well, if we, if we all do our chores without being asked at these two times of the day, um, you know, right away and all the way, all these things that we say and excellence, then you'll be rewarded. And so we're going to do that for a few weeks till everybody kind of gets back in the rhythm and that will fade off. And we'll try something new because it's never going to be the same. And you always have to try new things. Um, But I would just say to start small and go slow and involve your kids. So you could even ask them, like, do you like that, like, pretty much the whole afternoon you just keep coming to me saying you're bored? Like, do you like that feeling? How could we fix that? What could we do? Especially if they're older. Like, I love getting my big kids involved in solutions. What could we do to help our chore system go better? And then, of course, they'll come up with the ideas like the treasure chest or whatever and take their ideas and try them um, because they'll have more ownership of it. Okay, so you mentioned um, a lot of great things there. You mentioned rhythms of rest. What are those for you? That is such a good question. And it's a journey I'm on right now, like very 
Like you're asking me right in the middle of this journey for me. So um, I've personally been building my business from the ground up for about five years in the margins of my life. And I feel like a lot of you can probably relate to that, especially these days with social media businesses or podcasting or YouTubing. Um, it's really a thing that moms are doing right now. And when you first start out, you do them in all of the margins. You, you do them at night when your kids are sleeping. You do them at nap time. You do them when you're cooking dinner and you're looking at your phone. And after a few years of that, um, I've really felt in the last like year that it's gotten a little out of control. And I have time now where I have childcare and I can work on my business in those blocks. But I've built these habits that are really hard to break where I have a really hard time with boundaries. And so I'm just being really vulnerable here that it's been a journey I've been on right now with the Lord where it's like, you know, I feel like God has just completely blessed my business and it has been unbelievable and something I could have never imagined. And then he's also blessed us with incredible childcare. We have this amazing nanny who comes in like, like an aunt and she's been with us for a year and she's not going anywhere. And she really pours into my children's lives. So I don't feel like there's anything to be worried about there. But I still feel like I try to fit and work in all of these gaps. And especially when you have a social media business, it's so easy. Your business is in your pocket. And so I've been really working on, for me, keeping my phone away from the school area from basically 8 a.m. to like 1 o'clock. My phone is in my bedroom, um, aside from taking a few photos that I might share later. And then the morning time, I'm not waking up and immediately doing anything for work. I'm spending time in the Word. I'm spending time reading. I'm going to the gym. Um I am present with my children doing their chores. We get into school and I do not touch my business until the afternoon. And sometimes people will be upset about that. They ask you a question. They're waiting. There's a customer service thing. We have a team. I have other people handling things. So it's more of control, like finding those things and delegating those things so that you can have that piece. And that might be more information that you needed to know, but it's been something on my heart. Um, and then also in the evenings, like I mentioned, just unwinding, really finding those those pieces that, that time, like an hour, two hours before bed, not looking at screens, reading a book, taking a bath, laughing with my kids, talking to my husband, just trying to get back to the simple things um, in life. And really, it's just a daily practice of being mindful of of what you're thinking about throughout the day, praying, um, noticing nature, taking a walk. So filling up those gaps with things that are life-giving and peace-giving and not just constantly productivity and work because that is so hard. Yes, it is. I think so many people are going to be be able to relate to this. I know that I really can when it's hard when you're creative and like yes. you said, you're experiencing this growth. And so your brain, like the time that you spend on your business can just go and go and go and go. Yeah. You know, you could have the nanny there all day and mm -hmm. still not have enough time in the day to get everything right. done. Cause you'll just keep coming up with ideas, right? 100%. So it's those so, boundaries. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah. And if you love it, because I love my job and so I want to do it and I think about it, but I also really love my children and it's hard. It's a hard comparison because it's like that, um, that adrenaline rush of like creativity or like people, mm -hmm. you know, people are asking you questions and people are interested and people are sharing things. So that's like a, that's like an adrenaline thing that you have to say, well, sitting and reading a book to my child, it doesn't feel that way. But at the end of the day, you, when I look back, that is what was most special to me, you know, and that is what's most valuable to me. If you ask me, like, what do you value in life? That's always going to come first is slow living, my relationship with my children, my relationship with God, my relationship with 
with my husband. And so it's, it's a constant battle. Um, but I feel like he's entrusted some of us with these two worlds. And so if he's entrusted us, then he can guide us and help us like manage them, but it's not easy. Yeah, no, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. That soul filling. <clears throat> Sorry. I have something in my throat. Just giving me a hard time today. Um, but just that soul filling, those soul filling activities, they don't have the initial, like, like you said, adrenaline rush yes. that something else will have. It's a faster right. payoff with the other things. So, um, yeah, I, I love that you touched on that because I do think a lot of people are to be like, I am right there. How do mm. I do this? How do I do this? And I love how you said, though, that the Lord, if he has entrusted us yeah. with something, he's going to be faithful through that and he's going to guide through that. And um, it's funny for me, I was such a uh, kind of like an addictive personality. I don't know, like I got too all in and I kind of had to just quit for mm -hmm. me because it was like, I could not live in both worlds of business and my kids. And maybe someday in the future, I'll be able to do that again um, because it is so fun, but it was just like eating me alive. Like I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't sustain um, both worlds, you know, and some of us can't and some of us can, and I respect the people who can a lot. <laughs> um, okay. So I want to talk to multiple ages of children and homeschooling kiddos at all these ages. I think a lot of people are in this stage of life right now, too. I know I'm there. I just had my fifth. And every time you have a new baby or just if a child hits a new grade level, right, it's like a big shift. And and you've already touched on this, but like rhythms need to shift and routines need to shift. That's healthy. We aren't just supposed to create one and have it last us for the duration of our motherhood. Right. But how have you done that? with your kids in the ages that they're currently in right now? Yeah. So first I want to back up a little because I do think people ask a lot, like, what about babies and toddlers? And so if you don't mind, um, I feel like the rhythm has changed a lot surrounding nap time. And so I just wanted to point that out that like our school rhythm looked different when um, my talk. So I have a three and four year old. So when they were babies and napping or whatever, I basically had to shift everything around to where the most dedicated time with my big kids for school was when they were napping. And that was a hard, hard thing to let go of. Cause for so long, you just like, you wait till nap time and then you sit down, you like do laundry, read a book. No, not anymore. So during nap time is when we would do schooling. Um, and then also the other thing that changes our rhythm a lot is the weather. And so our outside time, we will shift to the time of the day that's the nicest. So that's off topic, but that just came to mind. So currently my three and four-year-old don't nap and I'm also not doing formal education with them yet. So my intentions and goals for my three and four-year-old is that every day they're getting creative play, they're getting outside time, they're getting some time in the kitchen or some sort of life skills with me. So they might come alongside me doing chores um, or cooking and I'm reading to them. And then they're just getting like art and like sensory play with whatever we're doing. So we can just throw that into our day really naturally with things that we have lying around or things the big kids are doing and in including them in. Um, and then my older children have their schoolwork to do. Because this has been something we've done since my babies were babies, they are used to this is our rhythm where there's a time where mommy's reading aloud and I can't be screaming you know, they can be playing nearby or they can be going upstairs. And of course we try new things all the time. Like currently I've been making them a little trail mix and inviting them to go upstairs and have a tea party. 
and my daughter got like a whole new tea set and I got her a little table with two chairs. So that's been keeping them occupied for like 30 minutes. And then I just have to clean up a few raisins on the floor and it's totally worth it for us to get our schoolwork done. <laughs> um, so yeah, I feel like when you're homeschooling with multiple ages, one of my biggest tips is to do as much as you can together and then just adapt it per age. And so I feel like that's a huge, huge key for any new homeschooling family. Like if you remember anything, remember this is that most likely you're not going to be able to do that with math. And then like, if they're learning to read, they need dedicated time with you learning to read. Other than that, pretty much every other subject, science, history, Bible, um, even like language arts stuff, you can take one topic and you can adapt it for your fifth grader and your second grader. For example, you're learning about apples. And so you do a whole apple study and your fifth grader is going to write an entire paper about what they've researched and learned about apples. And they're going to do a watercolor illustration. And that is getting handwriting and grammar and language arts and composition and art. And then your second grader who's just learning how to write is going to copy three sentences that you write. They're going to tell you what they've learned. You're going to write them. They're going to copy them. You're all learning about apples. You're all together. You're not having two separate times. You're hitting multiple subjects at the same time and you're hitting multiple levels at the same time. And at the same time, your preschool can be stamping apple with paint. So like, that's kind of like my philosophy of education is as much as you possibly can do it together. That's for the ease of the mom. That's for time. And honestly, mostly for me, it's the bonding of the family because then they're all running away talking about what they've learned that day and they're playing what they've learned and they're, they're all experiencing this education as a family unit. And that's so freeing, too, to picture that versus like, okay, I'm ordering my, you know, individual handwriting and grammar yes. and composition and all those books per child. Right. That just gets super overwhelming. Yeah, with how much stuff you have and how much time it takes and how much money it costs. Like family style learning from the beginning has been my heart. That's how all of the curriculum that I create is developed because I'm there and I know that's what moms really need to be freeing, freeing them up. That is so cool. So when did you start developing curricula? So I started Treehouse Schoolhouse um, in 2017 as an Instagram and my sister-in-law, I was just doing it to share my, my oldest kids were like starting preschool and I had been in education before and I had been in Christian education. So like I ha came from like working at a church background and, um, educating children privately before I was a mother. So I had all of this like interest and experience that I wanted to share as I started homeschooling. So I started um, on Instagram, started on blogging, not thinking about creating, developing curriculum at that point. I mean, I was in the trenches with babies, didn't even think about it. And then a couple years into doing that, um, I got inspired to write something for my own family. And I wanted to write a three-week Christmas curriculum that was taking you from like three weeks before Christmas, like an Advent study, study, and you're studying a chunk of the Bible story all the way up to Christmas every day, and they're reading it, and they're writing it, and then they're drawing a picture of it. And then I weaved in like picture books and handcrafts and art study and poetry because I was also diving deep into this world of Charlotte Mason and classical education, and I couldn't find anything like that. So I wrote it just real messy for my own family. Like I didn't need it to be all formatted and beautiful. But my sister-in-law saw it and she said, well, let me help you actually make this into like a digital file that you could sell. So she came alongside me back then and um, was already helping me with the blog. 
and she formatted it for me and we threw it up on the website um basically just like hey this is a digital thing we're doing this with our kids and it just went insane i mean i probably had 25,000 followers or something at the time and people just i mean it was i couldn't believe it i just could not believe the response and how many people were using it and sharing it and it was so exciting just to see my work in the world and so i quickly got to work on a similar guide for easter that is basically a parallel product um leading up to easter because i feel like we don't we don't like make easter as special as christmas but it's like the most important part of the gospel story and so i made that um and then i'm just i've been at this place where i'm like i'm not going to create something out of just we want a new product so my products kind of release slowly but they're really really heartfelt and really well done and we take a really long time on them so now we have illustrators on our team now it's been a, you know five more years um, and we have a team of illustrators, we have editors, we have contributing writers for some of our curriculum where I'm still completely the visionary, but I have like little things that I might say, hey, help me build this book list. Um, and so now we've created all four seasons of nature study. We just released a family Bible curriculum that I have been working on for 18 months. And it wow. just was released like a week ago, um, rooted. And it's all about rooting our kids in their identity in Christ in their intentions to follow him. So that was just released. So it's been really exciting. We have a lot more coming down the pipe. Wow, that is so cool. And I can totally see why that did so well when you explain all those things, like that just simplifies a mom's life so much to be able to go and find all those resources and doing it from the perspective of truth, you know, beauty and goodness, instead of you know, a lot of modern curriculums, they do everything for the mom, but it's like boring and stale and cardboard, <laughs> you know? Right. And so I love that you're like just infusing all of that into your curriculum. Um, okay. So real quick, I'm excited about this. Tell people where they can find you, where they can learn more. Um, you mentioned your blog, you mentioned Instagram, but I'd love to know, we'll link those down below. Um, and where can they check out your curriculum? Cause I know that our audience will be really curious about that as well. Yeah, so treehouseschoolhouse.com is where you're going to find my blog and all of our shop. And we have a lot of freebies. So we have a free download of one week of our new Bible curriculum. The first week um, I was created with a purpose is what that week is all about. And so then we also have a lot of free book lists. We have 100 living books for the early years. That's a free book list that is really, really popular. That's basically what I go off of for my preschoolers. Um we have a free week of Treehouse Nature Study Autumn in the shop right now. So Birds of Prey week completely free so that you can get a really get a taste of these things and see like if it would work for your family. Um, we also have like a scripture memory curriculum I didn't mention. We have a planner. We have um, about a lot of stuff that's just smaller things that you might use in your morning time, like a traceable calendar or things like that. And so you can find all of that at treehouseschoolhouse.com. We also have a baby YouTube channel where we have a few videos of a tour of my homeschool room, what I do with my preschoolers during our homeschool lessons, like all the things we do to keep them busy. Um, like I actually show you the things. So we have a few YouTube videos up there. And then also every week of our nature study has a hand rhyme. So if you have little ones like preschoolers um, or toddlers and they like to move and do things so we'll have like an apple one for apple week we have one for every week of the entire year where my kids and i do the hand rhyme on youtube so that's on there as well how fun i love <laughs> that so we will definitely link all of that all of those resources down below in the description and in the show notes um 
Thank you so much for getting on today, Lindsay. I just really enjoyed this conversation and I feel like it's just the tip of the iceberg. I'm just excited to go and peruse all of your resources that you've created. Um, but thank you so much for kind of bringing us into your home a little bit and giving us a glimpse of how those rhythms and routines can be helpful. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. I have a lot of blog content content about routines and rhythms as well, if this is specifically an area you need help with. So definitely go check that out. Thank awesome. you so much. Thank you.